So as we prepare to hear scripture this morning, I want you to, if you're at home, I want you to turn to Genesis 37. We're going to bounce around a little bit, but ah, if we're here with us, if you've got your Bible app or your Bible, you're more than welcome to, to get it out and follow along. And you'll see me wipe my forehead and face down with this napkin, not napkin, it's my handkerchief quite a bit. It's it's warm in here, and by uh, you know, Reverend, uh, Mr. Lynn and uh, all the others that have worked hard to get the air conditioner back working. Um just so you know, it was like 84 degrees in here about five minutes before you guys came walking in. So what I want to talk, we want to talk about this little bit of scripture. Now, as you know, we're, we're, we're going back to Sunday school in the last couple of weeks and then we'll continue through the month of August. We've been doing those stories, right? Some of those stories that we would have learned and heard in Sunday school. Well, today, how many of you here remember the story of Joseph and the, his coat of many colors, right? That's the way I remember it from Sunday school. Joseph and his coat of many colors. Now, I'll admit, the scripture we're about to read here, as an adult, when I go back and read it, is much more difficult to hear and read than when I was a child. So if you're willing and able, then I want you to find a place, whether it's standing to hear the word of God read, or whether it's following along on your Bible, it's fine either way. But follow along with me, if you will. We're in Genesis 37. We're going to read verses 1 through 4, and then we'll jump down to, to verse 12 and, and go through 28. But hear these words as if you're hearing it for the first time. Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of the other of his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a long robe with sleeves and ornate. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He answered, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now. See if it is well with your brothers and with the flock. And bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron. He came to Shechem, and a man found him wandering in the fields. The man asked him, What are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. The man said they have gone away. For I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him coming from a distance. And before he came near, they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we shall say that a wild animal has devoured him. And we shall see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he delivered him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. 
Reuben said to them, shed no blood. Throw him into the pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him that he might that he might rescue him out of their hand and restore him to their father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with sleeves that he wore. And they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels, carrying gum, balm, and resin on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. When some Midianite traders passed by, they drew Joseph up, lifting him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. The word of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me? Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be yours, O God. Today, let those who hear my voice and the words I say, may they hear the words that you need them to hear. Not the words that I feel like saying. Bless our time here together. I ask this in your son's most precious and holy name. Amen. Do you remember that story from when you were in Sunday school as a child? Was it the same? Or is it a little bit different? Is there a little bit of darkness to it? You know, I, I got to admit, in, in, in reading the scripture, I, I began to see some different things that I hadn't seen before and understand some things that I hadn't understood before. But one thing is for clear and for certain, sibling rivalry is a real thing. Sibling rivalry is a real thing. Now, I would love to say that in my house, my, my, my kids don't argue with one another and everything's perfect all the time. And I would love for you to say that as well in your house. But here's my question. How many of you of us here, and if you're at home, you can wave at us too, have a brother or a sister or a sibling or, 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 or someone that lived in the house that you disagreed with from time to time? All right, all right, so every one of us here has their hand up. Now, I'll admit I'm one of six, right? I'm number three. I've got three brothers and two sisters. And we never really wanted to kill each other, but we disagreed quite a bit. And I, I would love to say that we still don't disagree, but sometimes we do. But I can vividly remember as a child, we, we disagreed a lot. So I, I, I can understand, sort of, where Joseph's brothers are coming from here. But we have to look at it from Joseph's viewpoint. Joseph was loved more than his brothers. Over and above, so much so that his father took time to create a coat, a, a, a cloak, a, 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 in, in some, depending upon the, 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 I cannot talk today. Depending upon the version you read, it's the coat of many colors. It's very ornate. This particular version says the coat of long sleeves. But can you put yourself in Joseph's brother's position? Can you see yourself there where, where Joseph is more loved? 
Now all those fields are coming back. But here's something interesting. Joseph knew that his brothers didn't like him. Now I'm not sure how he felt if he understood that they hated him. I'm not sure if he knew for certain that they wanted to kill him. I'm really not sure if he knew that at all, but there's something interesting here that happens in this particular set of scripture. When, when Joseph's father calls him and says, I want you to go and find out what's going on with the, your brothers. Go check on the flock. Joseph, instead of doing what he could have done, it says that he was 17 at that time. And, and in, very similar to today, when they were 17 back then, they were a man. It's highly possible that he could have been married at that time. He wasn't, but he could have been. When his father said, go check on your brothers, Joseph, knowing that his brothers hated him, very well could have went off by himself, all alone, finding his own way in the world, knowing that he would save his own skin, save himself from the hatred of his brothers. But there's something unique that happens here that we see throughout Scripture. When Joseph's father calls, when Israel calls and says, go, Joseph says something unique. Do you remember what it was? Here I am. And Joseph goes. How many of us in our own lives, when we hear that word, when we hear that calling on our hearts, when we hear that calling in the back of our heart saying, I want you to go. When we hear our Heavenly Father say, go. How many of us, knowing that where we're going, might be difficult, might be hard. There might be someone who hates us there. How many of us can honestly sit here and say, we will go? It's a question we all have to worry about. It's a question that we all have to concern and and understand for ourselves. It's a question that, Only you can answer. Only I can answer for myself. I can't answer for you. In this particular set of Scripture, right, we skip just a little bit of the story. We start off with with Joseph getting the coat and being sent out. But we skip the little part where Joseph has a dream. Now Joseph knew and had already told his brothers, you're going to bow down to me one day. I'm going to be the ruler. Now Joseph didn't know exactly what his dream was and he didn't know how God had planned his dream to plan out and work out in life, but he knew that that was the plan on his life. How many times in your life can you say, honestly say and look back and go, I had a plan and it worked exactly the way I wanted it to work. Okay, so let's think about this for a minute. How many of us here plan out, okay, um, I planned out for the next 10 years. Does anybody here have a, have a decade goal? You might have 10 years from now, we're going to be doing this. You know, I've been seeing a lot of memes, Facebook's on, uh, memes on Facebook lately about, you know, five years ago, no one had any idea that we would be here. Have y'all seen those memes? Yeah, but none of us really have a decade goal. How many of us have, have a five-year plan? Anybody have a five-year plan? Oh, somebody got a five-year plan. All right, that's excellent. Most of us, the reality is, is we get to lunchtime and go, mm, what am I going to go eat? 
Think about it for just a moment. Most of the time, our plans don't necessarily work the way that we had anticipated and planned them to work. I can tell you, when, when I was a child, when I was young, there, there was a movie that came out that I watched, and I was much too young to watch this movie. Does anybody here remember the movie Pretty Woman? Do you remember that movie? <laughs> I see a couple of ladies like, yeah, that one, right. Yeah, Richard Gere and, and Julia Roberts, and, you know, and he's this, this highfalutin lawyer, and she's, um, her character. I was much too young to see this movie, but I, I absolutely fell in love with Richard Gere's character. Because Richard Gere's character made a lot of money. And that was his whole goal in life was to make money. He took companies and, and dismantled them and sold them up for pieces. I wanted that. That was my plan in life. I, so much so that I even started, I went to work at a bank and I was making a lot of money at the bank. That's what I wanted to be. That's what I wanted to do is I wanted to make money. Now, I'm not saying that I'm destitute at the moment, but God had other plans. God had other plans on my life than to just make money and die. Do you think that Joseph, when he set out on his life, in his moment, when when his father told him to go check on his brothers, that he had it in his mind that he would end up in a pit, sold into slavery by his own brothers? God's planning and God's timing is different than our own. Joseph's dream, we'll get to in next week. We'll talk about the end of it. But today we're talking about what it looks like. Now, the inter- one of the interesting parts of this story is that Joseph, when he got there, he wasn't alone. He found his brothers, right? All of them plotted to kill him, except one. Do you remember who it was? Reuben. Reuben wanted to take Joseph and save him. He's the one who suggested put him in the pit. But we know from Scripture that he suggested to put him in the pit, not because he wanted to sell him, because he wanted to bring him back to his father and take care of him. And that brings us to an interesting point in our lives, because in this set of Scripture, in our own lives, can you identify those people? Can you think about the people that that even though it's an unusual and difficult situation, they take care of you? We've said it before that Christianity, it's a team sport. We're not in this alone. Reuben in that moment was the only one that was going to take care of his brother. In that moment, he was the, the voice of reason. How many times in our lives can we look back and realize that, that we were on our own destructive pathway and falling into our own pits? And I can tell you, God has put me in plenty of pits. God has allowed me to just go ahead and step off and fall in. But every time that I step off and fall into a pit on my own, God sends someone to reach out and pull me up. Joseph knew that he would be in charge of his brothers. 
He didn't know how and he didn't know the plan. He didn't know exactly what was going to transpire. But he knew one day in the most difficult possible situation that he could be in, his brothers had beaten him, taken his cloak, threw him in a pit, and sold him into slavery. Joseph didn't waver from God's plan on his life. Now think about that for just a moment. Joseph, in all of the difficulty that he could be facing in that moment, could have easily said, I give up. Kill me now. Can you think of a moment in, in your own lifetime when you when you felt like throwing in the towel? Now, I want to have an experiment for you real quick. Now, we, I think we've done this once before, but but I want to make sure. Okay, how many of us here, well, let me do the experiment first. All right, so I'll just take two fingers, okay, and I know most of us have our our masks on, all of us do, so very good. So reach up and and find that pulse. Can you find it? All right, you got got your pulse, you feel it? Now take a big deep breath in. All right, good. Our hearts are beating and we're breathing. That means God still has a plan for us. As long as you are on this side of the grass, as long as we are taking breaths in, as long as our heart is pumping, God has a plan for who we are and what we're supposed to do. We may not know exactly how that plan comes to fruition, but God continues to tell us, stay the course. Stay the course. Hear it one more time. God continues to tell us, stay the course. In today's world, when when everything seems chaotic, the reality is is it's always chaotic. It just seems more amplified these days. God has a plan for our lives. God has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. He has a plan for all of us. Just like he had a plan for Joseph, sometimes we'll fall in a pit. Sometimes our dreams come to reality. No matter where we are, stay the course. God's plan is independent of our timing and our plan. God's plan is His, His alone. The joy of our life is getting to be a part of that plan and living into it. So as I invite Reverend Angela back up, I leave you with this parting word. God has a plan for your life. Stay the course. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.